Welcome to the Prosperity Perspective by DML, a conversation about how successful business owners invest their hard-earned money to preserve their wealth and what they might have done differently in hindsight. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Today, we are joined by Simon Rhee, all the way from Singapore, and so excited for him to share a little bit about his background and perspective with us today. So without further ado, Simon, you mind uh, introducing yourself to the audience? Hey, Liam. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Um, so as Liam said, my name's Simon. I spent uh, I spent a good 25 years working in the banking industry, specifically sort of investment banking and, and private wealth. And I came out of that industry in 2017. So just a little little bit of a backstory on how I got into the industry. Uh, I worked, uh, my first job out of uni was as a futures broker. This was back in 1991. And, you know, I'd, I'd been inspired by things like the 1987 stock market crash, which happened in my second year at high school, uh, second last year of high school, and movies like Trading Places. And I, I just always found the idea of being involved in markets very exciting, very dynamic. Uh, and I was right. It's a very dynamic space to be in. Uh, but I worked as a futures broker. You know, we were we were trading the, the pork bellies and the frozen orange juice. Uh, but at the end, the vast bulk of the the money that we made was hedging wheat for farmers, um, which actually wasn't that exciting. Um, so I, I left. I went on from there to work as a corporate credit analyst for three and a half years at a at a corporate bank. And then uh, it was in 1996, I joined Goldman, and, and that was really when my, I guess, career in markets really took off. And given my background in futures broking and my, my knowledge in financial derivatives, I built a business around options and uh, helping clients navigate uh, the equity market with the use of, of options. And uh, in 2005, I was asked to head up and run and, and found the markets desk for Goldman Sachs in Australasia, based in Sydney. So I did that for ten, five years between 2005, 2010. Then I moved to Singapore to join Citibank, uh, where I worked with some of the, the wealthiest billionaires right across Asia and Australia, uh, helping them manage their wealth. And I guess I, I just reached a point in my career. I was in my mid-40s and I thought, you know, what, what am I doing? What's, what, is my, what is my marginal contribution to society? And I, I didn't really like the answers I was coming up with. Um, and I thought, you know, I've I've developed a really good skill set here over the years. It, it's time to put that skill set to use for people who can actually benefit from it, rather than people who are already wealthy beyond most people's wildest dreams. Uh, and so that's when I, I got into the education business and uh, decided to to scare my my share my skill set with the the broader world. How did um, I'm assuming that you obviously became very, uh, you grew your own wealth as you were growing your client's wealth over that time. And I'm assuming that allowed you to step away and kind of focus on education, but you know, education seems like the output, right? Um, and there's a lot that you would have to go through to develop the content and materials, et cetera. You know, what drove you to, I guess, that output of education as the kind of way of increasing that marginal contribution to society? I guess something I'd, I'd learned about myself is that I, I actually, I, I love teaching. I love sharing knowledge. Um, in, in addition to being a trader, I'm also a Jeet Kune Do instructor and, and martial arts have been a part of my life for most of my life. And even, even as a kid, whenever I was learning a new technique, I would ask myself, 
how would I teach this to somebody else? You know, how, how would I explain what I'm doing to somebody who's never seen or done it before? And, and that led me down a path to wanting to become a, you know, a, an instructor or, you know, you might say a black belt, but Bruce Lee didn't believe in belts. So there's, there's no black belt in Jeet Kune Do, but I've, I've got a certificate that says I'm a qualified instructor. Um, and that's, that's something that I really enjoyed. And you know, just through various facets of my life, I mean, I, I took up kite surfing a few years ago. Um, I'm a terrible kite surfer. I've, I've got zero business teaching anyone how to kite surf. But I remember during my lessons, you know, holding the kite and getting up on the board, asking myself, how, how would I teach this to somebody else? How would I get somebody else up on a kite and, and surfing? And it's, it's just something that I've, I've always enjoyed. And I thought, well, you know, this is trading and, and financial markets is what I've devoted the greatest amount of, amount of my life and expertise to. Um, I'm going to make it work, you know, and, and I find that the, that moment when somebody that you're working with, you know, when you see that light bulb go on, you see that penny drop, it is the most rewarding experience. Yeah, there's, it's hard to quantify, right. But uh, the internal impact that that has is just massive. Right. And that's part of why I left the corporate world as well. Right. Was to, uh, have a bigger impact on society, on my kids, right? Uh, being able to be more present uh, in their life and be able to, you know, be an instructor, so to speak, with them as they were growing up, right? Which I didn't have with my parents to the same extent. And uh, yeah, the light bulb moments are are truly life changing. Uh, they're they're really exciting. Sure. Yeah. Um. As you reached a point of profitability, right, whether it was through your banking career or through, you know, your education business, what's the strategic framework that you used in terms of where to put your money and where to reinvest, right? Were you following the same trading strategies uh, that you were teaching clients? Were you investing elsewhere? Um, right? Did you go upgrade the house, go on more vacation? Like, how did you think about uh, where to allocate the dollars uh, to either drive more efficiency or returns, right? Like what, what, what was your thinking? Uh, I mean, I, I had a trial by fire in terms of developing the, the trading systems that I, I now use and teach. Uh, in 2008, we had the global financial crisis. And I mean, I, I lost a, a life-changing sum of money uh, during that. And that was as a result of me listening to whom I thought were the smartest guys in the room, Goldman Sachs, uh, buy the dip, the stock's undervalued, keep buying. At uh, the end of the year, I was like, wow, you know, that was that, that was not fun. <laughs> you you dollar uh, cost averaged all the way down, huh? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it sort of over time, it, it sort of came back. But uh, that, that was what really drove me to come up with a, a better way of navigating financial markets. And yeah, I was very fortunate to have been working at Goldman at that time, which was uh, Goldman was in its heyday in terms of prop trading back then. That was before Dodd Frank and you know, various other acts were, were introduced. And so I I knew some of these prop traders, and I you know, take them out for lunch, take them out for a beer, and say, you know, how do you do what you do? And oh, we don't we don't listen to the research. We don't care what those guys have got to say. We we follow price action. Uh, and, and a light bulb went on for me at that point. I went right. I'm this is what I'm going to devote. Uh, all of my extracurricular activities too. Um, and so, you know, I, I went through several years where a lot of my mates were playing Call of Duty on Xbox Live and I wasn't joining them because I was on my Bloomberg screen backtesting trading systems. So, <laughs> But in, in terms of the um, what, what to do with the, or how, how your approach to managing wealth changes, 
it's a case of when when you've no longer got the the daily stress of putting a roof over your head and food on your table, it just gives you freedom of thought to think about how best to allocate not only your, your capital but but your time. Um, for me, I've I've got a pot of money that I use for trading, and and that has grown, obviously, somewhat over the years. Um, but I I don't want to put all of my wealth in trading, so that the trading trading is what now puts food on the table, roof over the head. Um, but the money the money that I make in excess of that, I, I tend to take that out of the market and I put it into things like uh, gold, physical gold, um, property very, very, very small amount into things like Bitcoin. Uh, but I, I try and get them out of the, the markets that I'm trading and, and generating my you know, daily income from. When you say property, is that in Singapore? Is that Australia? Is that kind of where? Both. Yeah, both. Uh, have you gone beyond that or just staying in the markets that you're most familiar with? Just staying in the markets that I know. Yeah, I'm very, very parochial about. Uh, well, I think property is, is a fairly parochial market anyway, but uh I'm certainly very parochial about it. That makes perfect sense. Uh, very common, right? And being able to at least be hands-on uh, in when in times of need. Um, so as you've developed this trading platform, what are some of the core tenets of the teachings uh, you know, in the Tao of trading? Well, we start off by breaking down or basically smashing the, the five big myths of Wall Street. All right, so there's... there's uh, Myth number one that I go through in my book is that uh, a ten percent return per annum is a fantastic return. I mean, it's it's not it's not bad. Don't get me wrong; it's it's better than you know zero point two percent in a bank account. But it, depending on where you are in your wealth journey, ten percent per annum is it's unlikely to be life changing unless you're very young, and and you can keep putting money into that strategy over many many years. If, if you're a little bit older, you know, if you're in your 40s and you're, you're wondering how am I going to save for retirement, 10% per annum is is probably not likely to really cut it for you. Um, now, the reason why Wall Street wants everyone to believe that 10% per annum is a great return is that is approximately the long-term annual return of the S&P 500, which means they can generate that return for you over the long term on average in their sleep, but they get to charge a whole bunch of fees for doing that. All right, it's very, very profitable, very scalable uh, business for them. So that's the first myth that I like to break down. Um, people talk a lot about compounding, compound interest. Uh, Einstein said uh, compound interest was the eighth wonder of the world, and and it is if it's applied sensibly and and in a more proactive sense. I mean, you stick your money in a bank right now with, with interest rates where they are, you might double your money what once every five or six generations. Not very exciting. But if instead of earning 10% per year, what if you could earn 5% per month, all right? And, and what you can do with trading is, is compound your returns on a monthly basis. You know, say you start with $5,000, and at the end of uh, month one, you're sitting there at uh, you know, $5,250, all right? You then take slightly bigger position sizes. And at the end of each month, as your account grows, you take slightly bigger position sizes and, and you can compound on a monthly basis rather than an annual basis. And, and through regular compounding, uh, you can create life-changing returns you know, well within a 10-year period. Are you achieving that through a call put strategy where you're essentially locking in returns versus moving with the market? Or are you saying generally as the market moves, you're locking in and taking out 5% and then taking new positions? 
So I, I look at the the five percent is on a portfolio basis, and you know you'll you'll need to take a couple of trades to get there. Now I, I trade options exclusively, and if if you if you haven't traded options before, these numbers might sound a bit strange, but um, if you want to earn five percent per month on your account, all you have to do is risk five percent of your account on an options trade that makes you a fifty percent return. Now that might sound like a big number, but that's actually a fairly average return when you're trading options. You do that twice. You do you find two trades in a month where you can do that, and and you've made your five percent per month. Now, obviously, not every trade is going to be a winner. So you might take you might take. Uh, six trades a month, and maybe four of them are winners and two of them are losers, um, but you still come out ahead. Uh, you still come out well ahead. Um, losses, unfortunately, are part and parcel of trading. They are just a business expense. A lot of people get very upset with losses. They feel as though um, they've made a mistake or they've done something wrong. And and look, mistakes are possible, but losses are also part of the game because we're always playing with probabilities. We're never playing with certainties. And all we're doing is putting the odds in our favor, but it takes time for probability to work its magic. So you only see that you only see the magic unfold after dozens and dozens of trades. And trying to assess your trading performance at the end of one trade is is very very pointless. Are you? Is there an asymmetry of information that allows some people to be better at identifying the winning trades and the you know the probabilities, or is it? Truly, just a probability game. There, there is some. There's some asymmetry between how good traders trade and how struggling traders trade. Now, when people get into trading, all they want to learn initially is what, what's the setup. You know, what what settings do I use on my MACD? You know, what what moving averages do you use? And they, it's a little bit like a a new golfer saying, you know, what clubs should I buy? You know, what what golf clubs should I use for this shot? They're, they're very focused, kind of on on the gear, if you like. You want to get through that fairly quickly um, because the the final frontier in trading is a combination of risk management and your trading mindset. And it's this is a little bit like a, a golfer accepting that you know, I'm going to hit, play around the golf and I'm going to hit a few bad shots and I'm okay with that. It's like a trader saying, I'm going to put a bunch of trades on over the next month. Some of them are going to lose money and I'm okay with that. Because if you win more than you lose, and your winners are bigger than your losers, you come out you come out well on top, and and you can actually you know once your account grows, you can make a very good living from that. That makes sense. If there are people who are thinking about taking a portion of their profitability, their portfolio, and engaging in trading, where should they start? Start small. Start small until you've grooved. The practice, it groove, groove the process of trading, and you've you've got to the point where you know you make a loss in a trade, and you're like, oh. you know, it, it it invokes about as much emotion as uh you know going down to the shops and and buying toner for your printer, all right, because that's essentially what you're doing. It's it's a business expense. But the other reason to start small is if you start too big, the losses will have an emotional impact on you. You you'll feel the sting of the loss, and when that happens. You can get into a very negative downward psychological spiral, trying to trade your way out of a hole, uh, trading harder, trading more, over-trading, efforting, and, and none of that works in trading. If you want to trade well, you really want to be in the zone. Uh, and there's a wonderful book by Mark Douglas called Trading in the Zone, 
which I recommend to everybody. It really helps you get your head right for trading. Uh, I, I think it's essential reading for anybody get, getting into this business. But yeah, my, my key tip is start small. Start with a, a, a sum of money that if lost, it wouldn't affect your ability to pay the rent or put roof uh, put food on the table. Not because you're going to lose that money, but just to reduce the emotional impact that losses, which are inevitable, are going to have on your mindset. How much time should someone think that they're going to spend, right, implementing or starting to trade, likely on the side of something else that they're doing, right, to be able yeah. to get to a groove? That, that is an awesome question. I think for the first month or so, when, when you're still learning the ropes, it's probably going to be 10 to 15 hours a week, all right, Re- realistically. It, it, you, could, you could certainly spend less time than that, but it just might take you a little bit longer. But if you want to be up and running within a couple of months, I think you know, a minimum of 10 hours a week is, is probably where it's at, 10 to, 10 to 15. Once you've grooved the process and you, you're, you're used to your broker's platform and you're used to running your scans, uh, I think trading should take, on average, about 20 minutes a day. Uh, the, the beauty of the, the program that I, I share with my, my members is we teach you how to hunt for high-probability setups using scans, and they only take seconds to run. And that way you're left with a short list of maybe half a dozen, maybe a dozen stocks to analyze rather than pouring through hundreds of charts every day. I love the efficiency. There's definitely an economist side of you uh, that lives in there, uh, which is great. I resonate well. Um, If you were to go back and look to, you know, your earlier years in life where you were starting to make money, would you do anything different? uh now that you've got the knowledge that you do than you did then yeah i i would have i would have backed myself earlier and i would have started down this path a lot sooner um you've come from the corporate world as well so you know that you know the the title the business card the business class air travel the you know the the assumed prestige that comes with success in a corporate environment it can be hard to walk away from uh, not to mention that regular paycheck that you know, provided you don't do something really bad, just kind of magically appears in your account every month. These things are tough to walk away from. Um, but it's the, 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 there's a big downside there as well, okay? Like um, having to ask another person's permission to take two weeks off a year, um, not being able to attend all of your kids' you know, sporting events and important little events and, uh, you know, being too busy to be present for your kids and always checking, your, you know, your, your email and, and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, there's a big downside that comes with all of that, and nothing can compensate me now for the the freedom that I've got having left all of that behind. What was that light bulb moment for you in terms of the walking away? Right, because you talked about marginal contribution to society. Yeah, and you also talked about the impact that uh, in the presence with the family and the quality time there, uh, which is much harder to quantify in an economic model uh, in terms of the utility oh, yeah. itself. Right, so. Uh, at what uh, was it multiple bulbs that went off at different stages for you or was it kind of one big one that said you know this is the direction i need to go okay i I was working for an investment bank at the time and i my my wife and i we'd moved back to perth from singapore for for family reasons there, there was just some things we we needed to attend to and i was um living in perth but commuting to sydney uh every week and that's it's only a four four hour flight, but in summer in particular, it's a three hour time zone difference, and that's tough to do that every week. And then they sort of said, "Look, we we actually we really like you, but we want you to work out of Sydney full time 
um, and we want you to move to Sydney ASAP. And I thought, you know, this just doesn't doesn't work for me. I'd, I'd rather be back in Singapore than in Sydney uh, because the time zone difference. And and really, that was that was what galvanised me. I said, right, that's it. Thank you. Thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to leave, and I'm going to do my own thing. Mine was they asked me to go to Cleveland, and I said, all right, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, and galvanized me out the door, right? And yeah. uh, just helped refocus priorities. Um, but, but, but it, I, I probably would have allowed myself to be dragged to Sydney with my tail between my legs if I hadn't been, I guess, formulating an exit strategy. If, if I, and if I didn't have this, this kind of this burning desire within me. If I didn't have a wife and or kids, uh, I probably would have been in Cleveland, right? For all the reasons you articulated, right? The prestige, the moving up, the... Uh, the pampering that you get at the as you move up in the corporate levels is is very accommodating and tough to walk away from, right? And if you don't have someone who's grounding you somewhere, right, and uh, providing that other side, I think I would have been lost, right, and still floating <laughs> around in the corporate world. Um, so, yeah, huge. Um, what's the most exciting thing you're working on today? That when you get up in the morning, you're like, I'm excited. I'm get to go spend time on X. So part of what I offer my members is, a, I call it the Accelerate program, but that's where they get a daily video from me. So it's a monthly subscription service, but all of the members, they get a video from me every day on what I'm seeing in the markets, macro conditions, trades I'm in, trades I'm looking at taking. And, you know, I've, I've, I've got a genuine passion for financial markets. Uh, I love talking about them. Uh, I love, you know, being able to record my thoughts every day and share them with people and, and get the feedback and engage in discussion. And yeah, I'm just a bit of a, a bit of a market nut like that. So that's, that's kind of something I look forward to every day. I, I love doing it. I, I love having the, the forum, you know, that enables me to do it. Yeah. And a way to give back and create engagement along the way uh, as well, which is really cool. Um, if you were to offer one piece of advice to, you know, entrepreneurs who are going through that point and getting to profitability, what would that one thing be for them uh, that you would leave for them? I think just keep, keep investing in yourself and backing yourself. Don't get distracted. Don't get worried. Um, you know, if, if, if times are tough, just keep pushing. Um, you know, I've, we, we've all had really tough moments in life. Okay. It's, it's what life is all about. And, and what I've learned is, when you're going through something that's really difficult, um, chances are with two years down the track, you'll be able to laugh about it. And even if you can't, you'll have a really good story. So just, just, just keep pushing. Yeah. You will one way or another, you'll have a good story, right? Yeah. Um, Simon, what's the best way for the audience to be able to connect back with you? So um, I've got a, I've got a special offer for your audience. If they go to tower of trading, that's T A O O F. T-R-A-D-I-N-G dot com, towertrading.com forward slash PP. Uh, they can download the first chapter of my book for free, see if they like that. And they can also access some of my programs at a pretty hefty discount. Awesome. Really appreciate that offer uh, out to the audience, uh, Simon. We'll make sure we get that into the show notes for everyone as well. And uh, amazing to be able to take advantage and connect back with you. So uh, appreciate that value add for everyone. My pleasure. Appreciate your time today, Simon. Appreciate the thoughts and uh, look forward to reading your book. Been a pleasure, Liam. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you for joining us today on The Prosperity Perspective. 
If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, please head over to theprosperityperspective.com where you can hear from other successful business owners on their approach to investments. On our website, you'll be able to learn more about how DML Capital currently helps other business owners, like yourself, diversify their investments and grow their wealth. Take our short quiz to see if you're ready to take the next steps toward your financial success. 